1: What's up, it's Keyshawn, and welcome to my show, Undisputed Presents, all facts and no breaks podcast. Joining me today is five-year NFL veteran, NFL analyst, and co-host of Move the Sticks podcast, my homie, my boy, my ex-scout with the Carolina Panthers, Bucky Brooks. What's happening, Buck? What's well, so up,
2: Keyshawn? The only thing you needed to uh, say there, in addition to that 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 warm introduction, was undefeated against your Trojans. That would have capped it off. Oh man, y'all My undefeated one game. record.
1: I'm just saying it's undefeated. We undefeated. Like, one one and over Freedom Bowl. Like seriously,
3: <laughs> is that bowl game even around
1: anymore? <laughs> it was a ball. It was a kickoff classic. But, Come on, man. <laughs> you know I got somebody you are familiar with. He's a little older now, but you met him when he was about. Six Seven years old or so. My son, Keyshawn, is our narrator who joins us on the show as well.
2: How you doing? Man, what's up, man? Like, look, Keyshawn, you didn't have to introduce it. It wasn't hard to tell that that was your seat.
3: Yeah, no, I, I, I'm starting to get that a lot since, I, since I've grown up. Yeah, it's it's hard to come away from it. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, so we're just going to ask you some questions. We'll get it started off. So several 49ers have said they didn't know the Super Bowl overtime rules. Here's Kyle mm-hmm. Juszczyk admitting he wasn't aware of the changes. You know what? I didn't even realize that the... The playoff rules were different in overtime. So I have, I assumed you just want the ball because you score a touchdown and win. But I guess that's not the case. Um, so I don't really, I don't totally know the strategy there. No. No, we haven't talked about it, no. So do you blame Kyle Shanahan for this loss and not preparing his players for this overtime scenario?
2: Man, it's such a layered question, right? I understand why Kyle Shanahan like, took the ball and he talked about the defense being gassed and wanted to have it third because it's the sudden death part of overtime. But I will say, when you look at the Niners' reactions to the questions compared to those of the Kansas City Chiefs, where they talked about going over these scenarios in training camp and each and every week and in the two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl multiple times, they talked about overtime and how they had a strategy. If we scored a touchdown, we were going to go for two. It does put... Kyle Shanahan in a bad light for not fully preparing his team or not telling them the why behind his decisions when it came to uh, taking the ball at the beginning of the overtime. So, yeah, that falls on the coach. Um, It's just, look, coaches are supposed to go over every possible scenario to make sure that your players are prepared for it. And when his players openly admit not being prepared, that it hadn't been discussed, yeah, it's not a good look.
1: You know, I have four head coaches in my playing days, Buck. And I have never, I never felt like I was going into the game unprepared. Not once. I knew every single little detail, rule, you name it. Because whether it was situational football, I can think like the coach. I knew, okay, if we get the first down, here's what we're going to do. If we get into this position, here's what we're going to do. If it's third and 18, with a minute go, here's what we're going to do. I knew everything because we were prepared. And so when you hear a smart guy like uh, check talking about it, a Harvard graduate, yeah. a guy who been in the league, I think 11, 12 years, it's a long time. Not to know a, a rule change, an overtime rule change, though. One of the biggest reasons they made the overtime rule change <laughs> is with the team you was playing, the Kansas City Chiefs, against the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs. So you would think, That if they were prepared and they knew things would have been a little bit different, right? Which means, like, if I know that we got to score this touchdown, not just get down there to get a field goal, but we got to score seven, Mm -hmm. players may approach it differently. They may Mm -hmm. block differently. They may run the route differently all of those sort of things. But when you don't know something, you're just kind of like out there thinking, oh, if we kick a field goal, old rules, way back when, we win the game, you're going to approach it that way. So a lot of it does fall on Kyle. This isn't the reason that they lost the game. There's many mm-hmm. things we could point to in the Super Bowl as to why they lost. But it's kind of funny and ironic that... Kyle Shanahan, for the third time, either offensive coordinator or head coach, has surrendered
2: double-digit leads to lose a Super Bowl. <clears throat> uh, so, so now, Keyshawn, like, you talk about it. Like, there even been times, and I'm sure because you played for great coaches, there are even times that at the end of regulation when you're about to go into overtime, the coach will bring up the entire team. Yes. And tell the team, hey, guys, here's what it is. It's overtime. I just want to remind you, look, everybody gets a possession, This is how it's going to play out. This is what we're doing. It only takes a minute to just remind guys. It's no different than when DB coaches tell guys, hey, look at the sticks. It's third down. Know what we have to defend. Good coaches do that. So it doesn't look good for Kyle Shanahan. Uh, You you do speak to when you know there's a different level of urgency. That is something that he's going to have to address when the team reconvenes next offseason. He's going to have to talk about those things and own it because he now runs the risk of losing his team because players trust their coaches to put them in the right situation. That now puts him in a compromising situation because they may not trust him in those, in the same regard.
3: Right. Okay. So Greg Jennings went on the Carton show and said Patrick Mahomes could pass Tom Brady as the greatest of all time. Here's this clip. But in the rest of the world, it's Brady 1, Mahomes 2. For now, because next year, yeah, in my opinion, if he wins three in a row, he will have done something Tom Brady
1: was unable to do mm-hmm. and something we have never seen in this <coughs> game that we play, this great game of football yes. that had never been done. I believe if they get if they get it done, the 3 P, then he... He literally will jump right there with Brady, or overtake Brady, and his coach will jump right there with Bill Bell. His coach is gonna overtake Bill yeah, Belichick. Yeah, yeah. Like Andy Reid will be the best coach. See it's now, now you forced uh, my hand. Uh-oh. <laughs> now
3: I gotta have you back next year, <laughs> just because uh, that might be a conversation we have to have. You know what I mean? Hey, right. But- so Bucky, if Mahomes wins three in a row, is he the goat? No, he can't
2: be the goat. He has to get close. Like it, the number, the number isn't close enough. You can't have seven and one guy have four and say that the four the guy with four is, is is the goat. I think it's the conversation that we'll continue to have. But he can't surpass Tom Brady with just half of what Tom has. Nah, Tom is still the goat until Pat gets up to that number. Pat may
1: never get to seven if he wins three in a row. That's now four mm-hmm. in seven years.
2: Yes, four great.
1: Super Bowls in seven years, and if he wins another, that means that he's probably going to be four MVPs mm-hmm. in, the, in the Super Bowl because most likely a quarterback will get the MVP and it'll probably most likely be him, Buck. In that amount of time, in seven years, Tom Brady would have won three Super Bowls, not four. No league MVPs. Patrick still has two. Maybe he gets to the third. Let's not even start to talk about the numbers, but yeah, he's he's catching him at that point. He's right he's right on them heels, man. And I don't think he needs to get the seven for people to start to say he's better because the first three are going to be heavily discounted for Brady. they mm-hmm. they're, they're heavily discounted because of what he was doing. They were winning. With everything, that's not the case for Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes has won two Super Bowls without Tyreek Hill when everybody said that he couldn't. He went Mm -hmm. on the road and did something someone said he couldn't. Like, it's just, it's a conversation, I guess. It will be a conversation starter. If he can get the three in a row, though, it's pretty impressive.
2: I mean, it's definitely impressive. It's one of those things, like, you know, the debate. Like, I'm just so used to the numbers because if we flip this and we had the conversation about Michael Jordan and LeBron or Michael Jordan and Kobe, we always talk about Michael Jordan having six and those other guys not having that number. So I kind of treat it but in that way. But you can't light.
1: do it like that. And the reason you can't do it like that is because Bill Russell got 11. Oh, that's true. So you can't. I mean, that's true. you can't just solely look at the amount of rings, right? Because even... The first Super Bowl that he won, Drew Bledsoe was the quarterback in the AFC championship game. Yeah. So it's it's like, you know, Tom, look, man, at the end of the day, it's Tom, it's Montana, it's Patrick Mahomes, and you can just talk about it at the barbershop all day long.
2: I mean, I forgot about Montana. We didn't even talk about Montana <laughs> being the GOAT no more. It's all Tom Brady. Well,
1: that's because that's what people decided to do. But I bet you Joe Montana wouldn't say that. <laughs> I'm sure he will he'll, he'll tell you I got four Super Bowls with MVPs and zero interceptions in those Super Bowls.
3: So yeah. dad, what about the coaching goat? If the chiefs three peat, do you think Andy Reid surpasses Bill Belichick as the goat? Again, these are conversations for the barbershop.
1: Bill Belichick been to the Super Bowl seven, no 10 times. In won six or nine times in one six. Andy Reid will three peat and many people would say he couldn't get to a Super Bowl until he got Patrick Mahomes and win one. He got there with Donovan McNabb and they lost to Bill Belichick.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's like, I, 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 it's a conversation in the barbershop. I like Andy Reid, I like Bill Belichick.
2: Yeah, now that's 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 going to be an interesting one because what Andy Reid has on his side is not only the fact that if they do pull off another one, get a three-peat, that'll give him four rings. People are talking about the offensive innovation. People will give him credit for the success that he had with a list of quarterbacks from, look, Pat Mahomes, Alex Smith, Donovan McNabb. You think about some of the other guys, Michael Vick and some of the other big quarterbacks that have played, they'll talk about him being the genius and the guru. Now, the conversation In the barbershop between Bill Belichick and Andy Reid, it'd be a contested one because people will point to Bill Belichick's dramatic drop-off after Tom Brady, and they'll say that even when Andy Reid was bad, he never was necessarily like Bill Belichick has been the last three years. Well, he was bad in Philly. That's why he got fired
1: at the end. Because if you don't have a quarterback, as you know, being a scout and watching these things, once Donovan McNabb and Michael Vick kind of went away, So did Andy Reid in Philadelphia. Then he hit pay dirt with Alex Smith and then obviously Patrick Mahomes and he's been rolling ever since. Once Tom Brady went away, Bill
3: Belichick, no good, no more. That's just, Mm -mm. you got to have a quarterback. Right. So the whole world saw Travis Kelsey yelling at Andy Reid on the sidelines This tweet says, this won't be as big of a deal as it should because the Chiefs won. Had they lost, it would have been huge, but still not as big of a deal had that someone been like a C.D. Lamb, A.J. Brown, or Debo Samuel doing the same. So I got to ask, is this facts or fiction?
2: (laughs) Well, no, I mean, it's facts. I mean, it it certainly would have been a bigger story uh, if it had been one of the aforementioned guys. Uh, just from a a visual standpoint. Uh, We're not comfortable if an A.J. Brown had gone hard at an Andy Reid like that. Just, I mean, let's just be honest. When we see those things, it makes us uncomfortable if sometimes you see a black athlete going hard at his coach like that. For Travis Kelsey, we can kind of wipe it away because Big Red kind of took up form in the post-game presser. But yeah, nah, they lose, it's a bigger deal, but still not as big as it would have been if it had been a C.D. Lamb or A.J. Brown or somebody else acting like that.
1: You know, Bucky... I've been in it myself. In in it. Where I've had to, oh, I've, I've, seen, I've
2: seen you. I've seen you. I've where seen I've you had to
1: release some frustration toward coaches. But here's here's what happens. The people upstairs who's calling the game, Tony Romo and Jim Nance, they didn't bring attention to it. Mm-hmm. They made the decision not to make mm-hmm. it a big deal. Because the television announcers, they drive the narrative about the athlete. If it was A.J. Brown, he's having a heated conversation. He's begging for the football. He's mad because he didn't get the football. They don't need to say that. They could just say he's trying to figure things out. It's all about the presentation. If you think about what Joe Buck many years ago, great announcer, one of the red marks in his career was the Randy Moss, Minnesota Viking, Green Bay Packer mm. mooning the crowd. He emphasized it. How disgusting and this and that and this and that. When he looked back at it on his career, that was a blemish on his announcing career because he did not need to bring that type of attention to it. Think about it. What they do with the little white receiver, right? He's mm-hmm. quick. He's sneaky fast. He's intelligent. He's mm-hmm. intelligent. He's the first one in, the last one out. He's gutty. They bring that, and now the first thing, that narrative is set. That's, that's what it starts at. Tony Romo and them didn't bring light to it. Had they brought light to it, people would be talking about it even more. So when people are saying that no one's really paying attention to it, you got to start up top with those two.
2: Well, absolutely, because they do shape how we perceive the game. That's Absolutely. why their they, they analyze the game, they provide, it's supposed to be a nuanced opinion on what's taking place. And you're right. I mean, they didn't make, look, they kind of just swept on the rug, went on to the next play, and it was only brought up in the postgame presser, but somebody else would have been a much bigger deal. Yes. Um I think about, like, your little run-in with Gruden, where you kind of got at him in, on the sideline. Well, see, they didn't, a big deal. But
1: they didn't turn it into a big deal. They showed a highlight, but they didn't emphasize it. And one of the reasons that they didn't make it a big deal is because they, the, the media typically liked me, right? They, they just never really... I could get mm-hmm. in an argument with the quarterbacks. I could get in an argument with the head coach. We could have heated conversations with Bill Parcells, but they already knew that was my personality. So they couldn't set a narrative about me that wasn't true. So they just decided we're not going to make it a big deal. They would run the clip, but that's it. They couldn't talk over it by saying, well, he attacked the coach or he did this or he did, Mm -hmm. because that wasn't the case. It was a heated conversation. What game are you talking about? Tampa Bay Buccaneer, you was the kid, the one that they always show. Uh, The Rams-Tampa Bay Buccaneer game on a Monday night football. And what what
3: was the conversation that you guys were having?
1: He called some play but didn't realize on his big-ass menu board the play that he actually (laughs) called, and then we wind up burning a timeout, and he said I lined up wrong, so we had to use a timeout, and he didn't cop to him calling a bad play, and then he mumbled something when I walked away, and at that point, it became confrontational. Bucky, did you
2: ever have an experience like this with a coach? Uh, no, because I wasn't high up on the totem pole where I could argue like that. Whatever they said, I had to go and be very compliant with what they said. Keyshawn was on a different level. He had the opportunity to bark back. You know, the different levels to this when it comes to playing on the team. Uh, it's, <laughs> we treat everybody fairly, but
3: we ain't treating everybody equally. And so Keyshawn has some skins of the game so he could bark back. I got you. So the 49ers are the 2025 Super Bowl betting favorites.
2: To your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, priceline.
1: As far as the underdog thing, man, I mean, it just gives you a little added motivation going into the offseason. So uh, um, like I said, I never I never feel like we're underdogs. I believe we can win any
0: game that we play in. Um, but we have to continue to prove that every single year.
3: Dad, is it crazy that the Chiefs aren't favorites next year after winning back-to-back Super Bowls? No, it's not, it's not crazy. When you when you look at it,
1: San Francisco came into the game. I think it was two-point favorites. Kansas City won by three. Mm-hmm. Kansas City or, or San Francisco could have very easily won the game. Mm-hmm. They got everybody coming back. If they could sign Chase Young, that means that they pretty much got all their key pieces under contract. You would think that Brock Purdy in his third year becomes even better. Then when you look at the Ravens, they couldn't score, and Lamar played bad, and they couldn't score. Kansas City went on the road and won against them. Then on top of that, Kansas City got some question marks about Chris Jones. What are they going to do at the receiver position? Kelsey's getting a little bit older. So you could pick any of those three teams as favorites going into next year. All that matters is who's standing in the end.
3: Mm-hmm. You
2: know, I'm with you on that, Keyshawn. Um, When you look at it, San Francisco does have the entire core intact. Now, it's going to be hard bouncing back from being the runner-up to trying to go win the championship. I think it's only been done twice where we've seen teams do it. We saw the Dallas Cowboys do it in the 70s. We saw the Patriots bounce back from losing and do it uh, in the 2000s. But it's it's uncommon to be able to get it done. But we'll see. They certainly have a team uh, that is built for it. With the Kansas City Chiefs, man, as long as you got number 15, you have a chance. Uh, the last two years, I don't think anybody could have expected them to win, particularly after they lost Tyree Hill. It just speaks to his greatness, to the greatness of Andy Reid, and an emerging defense that looks like one of the
3: top defenses in football. Colin Coward stated that Brock Purdy looked more like Mr. Irrelevant than a star quarterback. Take a listen.
0: So let's talk Brock Purdy, who I have said, and I view it as a compliment for the kid, he's good. Special wins these games. Ask yourself yesterday, who was really great for San Francisco? Bosa, Christian McCaffrey, I thought Fred Warner. They were great. Brock Purdy was good. I know you want him to be a star, but again, he's a kid and the last guy picked. On third down, the Super Bowl winning down, he was three for 12. Against the Blitz, he was bad, a 77 passer rating and completed less than 50%. He couldn't get the ball to Debo or George Kittle or Brandon Iyuk. He was able to get the ball to the person he handed it off to. He had a chance to win this game. It was third and five, 16 all. He makes that first down. They bleed the clock, and they're probably Super Bowl champions. Mahomes made that play over and
3: over. Purdy had a shot, and it didn't work. So, Bucky... How much of this loss do you put on Purdy?
2: Uh, I wouldn't put a, a lot of it on Purdy, but I think uh, when we talk about quarterbacks, man, there's a huge difference between good and great. Brock Purdy is a really good quarterback. Pat Mahomes is a great quarterback. The one thing that Brock Purdy is not able to do, like one of those elite guys, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, um, Joe Burrow, he can't go much beyond the X's and O's. Whereas you saw Pat Mahomes, he could get off script. He could do a bunch of different things. So, look, I'll, I'll blame him some because the third down percentage is not great. But, I mean, I think he played about as well as he can play, given the talents that he has.
1: Mm-hmm. See, now this is where both Colin Cowherd and you, Bucky, are going to drive me damn fucking crazy. What? How, how, can, how can a second year – okay. Here's what I'm going to ask you, though, Buck. Is Dan Marino good? Oh, yeah, is great. Really good, huh? You know he lost the Super Bowl in his second year. Oh, I did. This is a second-year quarterback in the Super Bowl who has led his team to two straight NFC championships, then the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. He hasn't seen it all. So Mm -hmm. when you talk about third down, when next year he plays against a team that all of a sudden— they bring the slot corner on a blitz, he could pick that up because he knows what's coming. It wasn't his fault on third down on the nine-yard line that the damn tackle whiffed and allowed mm-hmm. Chris Jones scot free. If they just chip Chris Jones, he throws the Jennings, it's a touchdown. I I, I look, he did phenomenal he's here to stay but to Mm -hmm. act like he's a pumpkin we need to stop we need to stop because if he wasn't mr irrelevant and he was the ninth pick of the draft we would be sitting there going (whistles) because guess who didn't win a super bowl that went in a second year joe burrow but guess what we say Joe burrows he's just this, he's that. This dude just lost the Super Bowl to fucking Patrick Mahomes. Not to some Jordan. He didn't lose to like the guy from the Raiders, whoever the hell that is a mm-hmm. quarterback.
3: He lost yeah, to Patrick Mahomes. No
1: yeah, I mean,
2: look, he, he's a good quarterback. Really good quarterback. Not a great quarterback. I didn't blame him for the loss. I didn't blame him he's for the 49 of He's in his second hug. year. Yeah, I mean, like, hey, man, we look. What look, the quarterbacks average, are great in their second year? We got to have it right now. Got to have it right now, Keyshawn. He's in the game. I, I can't I can't have training wheels. Like, we're, we're in the Super Bowl. Like, we needed him to make some of those plays. Now, it wasn't all his fault that his guys up front couldn't protect him. But what we saw was the difference between good and great. That's all good and what great. What you I'm, saw was experiencing great
1: Mm. you see experiencing great that's a big difference bucky it's huge Uh, difference
2: it's it's it's, look it's it's a huge difference in terms of pat mahomes experience certainly came into play but i would say it's it's different pat mahomes is the rare combination of gunslinger with supreme talent who also has a plus management skills and he got a coach that knows
1: what the hell he's doing
2: he does, but Kyle Shanahan is a good coach. We can't say the Kyle Shanahan. I didn't say good I coach. didn't
1: say he wasn't a good coach. I just said a coach that knows what he's doing. Because Kyle yeah. Shanahan has dropped some games for the San Francisco 49ers in crucial situations, in times. I mean, I mean, he has
2: he has some issues in terms of like being able to finish the game in the fourth quarter. I would just say this with Brock Purdy. Like when you're looking at Brock Purdy, and I'm able to separate, A, he was the last pick of the draft, but Okay, because you're a movie buff. Like, if we're watching The Avengers, what, what superpowers does Brock Purdy possess? He doesn't – look, he, he's Iron Man. He, he's the guy in the suit. He has all the weapons around him. Debo Samuel, George Kittle, got Trent Williams, a, a, the best offensive tackle in the game. McCaffrey, like, Brandon Ayuk's the outstanding route runner. I mean, he has everything. So all he has to do is just kind of, like, manage the game and dink and dunk and do those things. He doesn't have the skills beyond that part of it to put the team on his back. They needed someone that could finish the game and put them on their back to win it. He couldn't get it done. I, I, I can't believe that you're saying this. Well,
3: why I, he, I just he, can't. Well now why? that we the dude
1: came he 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 came from behind against Green Bay. He came from behind and wielded the victory against Detroit with his legs and did some dynamic stuff. I, I just yeah, this, this super, he super led bowl, him down right? the field in overtime to put him in position to win the game and the tackle whiffed.
2: Yeah, but Keyshawn, he also missed some throws. Like some of that's protection, but he missed some throws. There were opportunities for the 49ers to knock this out. This could have been done by the time Usher took the stage and they didn't <laughs> knock him out. But we can say and that, they did we say that yeah. about
1: a lot of games. Yeah, they did in knock court, him out. We can do that out. about a lot of quarterbacks in a lot of games. I'm just saying... Kyle call Kyle, her and make it sound like the dude's a pumpkin. And I I I don't that think he's I, I far say from a that. pumpkin. I wouldn't
2: I wouldn't go as hard as 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 what Colin is saying about him, but I think he's at a different tier than those guys that we talk about. Lamar and Patrick and Josh Allen and even Justin Herbert and something he, like he's not in that same category. Justin
1: Herbert ain't one shit, man. What are you talking about? He has, he has, Just because he's tall and he got
2: a lot of th- a strong
1: arm, dude was up 28 nothing against Jacksonville and let them come from behind. That won anything. Don't he, tell he me. Don't tell me about Josh Allen. They ain't won nothing. Nothing. Zero. What's, ain't even ain't even Brock, sniffed the Super Bowl. And Brock Purdy has at least been there. Joe Burrow has okay. at least been there.
2: So they got they got two little J V rings that they can run around and wear at the house, but they don't have the big one. They got the little J V ring. They got the I had a little ring I got from the Carolina Panthers when we lost to the Pages. The little JV little thing, like that's that's cool. But like he's not going to be respected until he win one. Now if he had won one, we'd have been celebrating him. We'd have been talking about him. But he didn't.
1: But we are gonna celebrate Josh Allen, and we are gonna keep talking about Josh Allen.
2: I mean, they're I, I
3: and Justin about Herbert, that. and it's just crazy to me. But I, I, I don't know. Well, now that we've seen a full season from him, is he a top ten quarterback in your eyes? Absolutely, in my eyes, for sure. Yeah, so sure. he's, he's top, he's top, he's not top five though. He's top 10, not top five, top 10. So he's like in the lower, the lower brackets of the- Look,
2: man, I, I, I put him out there like somewhere between, somewhere between six and nine, we can put him in there. We can slot him in there.
3: That's but, good for the first two years. I, hey, he's only going up, but- Yeah, yeah. Mean, he's different. In other football news, it looks like the Cowboys have officially hired Mike Zimmer as their new defensive coordinator. Rex Ryan, who interviewed for the job, had this to say about the team. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm?
0: Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly, it's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at microsoft.com slash AI for all.
2: I called Mike McCarthy, and the reason I did is because I want to be on this stage. I want to be back on this stage if I'm going to get back into coaching, have a chance at that. I think with this roster the way it is, I think offensively, special teams, and defense, and I figured I can make maybe even a little bit of an upgrade that they could be right here that's why I was interested I don't I'm, I'm, you know it's funny how well should we get to no your team has no chance at me okay that that's generally the case I would only go at the right the the right situation and if it's not completely right then I'm not going but this team it is interesting because they are so close to getting over that edge and that's why I think people would be
3: interested in this job well the closest so is Mike Zimmer the guy to get them over the hump or would you have preferred Rex Ryan? I mean, I don't think you can
2: knock Mike Zimmer and what he's done in this league as a defense coordinator. He's a terrific coordinator. He also knows how to work with the Joneses. And I think when you go to Dallas, you have to understand what you're stepping into um, as a coach. You know, and look, Rex Ryan probably could have got it done. He probably, look, he's he's an outstanding coordinator, but I think Mike Zimmer is probably a better overall fit in that locker room because I don't think Mike McCarthy has to worry about someone potentially having a different agenda than winning. Yeah, but I don't think Rex
1: would have a different agenda. I think you, you, you're you right, though, Bucky, in terms of the relationship. Mike Zimmer was with the Cowboys for 12 years as a DB coach, defensive coordinator with two different head coaches, and Dave Campo was, and Bill Parcells. So he had seven years as a DC there. The Jones family knows him. They know what they're getting. I think it also is a better fit style-wise for what mm-hmm. they do. Offensively they like to control the ball a little bit. They like to try to take a shot here and there, but when you think about it, Rex wants to bring pressure. He wants to leave people out on islands by themselves. That's probably not a good idea considering what just happened with Dan Quinn in that defense against the Green Bay Packers. You don't want to put them, you don't want to put yourself in that situation. I just think it's a safer bet. Now if Mike McCarthy doesn't get it done, I can see Coach Zim sliding into the head coaching position just because of the mm-hmm. relationship that he has with Jerry and him. And he did a terrific job in Minnesota as a head coach.
2: He did. And I, I think you are right. I think that gives them a bit of a contingency plan if Mike McCarthy doesn't get it done. Uh, much like Dan Quinn was there, maybe as the heir apparent to Mike McCarthy if he faltered. Mike Zimmer, love his grittiness. He's going to make them edgy. He's going to coach them harder than Dan Quinn coached them. So it's going to be a little different a different take for this defense, but maybe they need that to get over the top. But this is it, man. It is all or nothing when it comes to the
3: Dallas Cowboys. They got to win. There's going to be a major shakeup there. So Troy Aikman is getting roasted for an old Mahomes tweet. Five years ago, the Athletic Kansas City Twitter account noted, quote, in case you missed it, Patrick Mahomes has thrown 36% of Troy Aikman's career touchdowns in about 8% of the games. Aikman went in to respond and said, in case you missed it, talk to me when he has 33% of my Super Bowl titles. So Mahomes now has 100% of Troy Aikman's Super Bowls. Did you guys expect Mahomes to match someone's success this quickly, like Troy Aikman? Well, I would... I mean, after he got the first one, then
1: you can see, and he got the second one, you knew that he would probably get three. And that's why I say he'll probably get four. He may even get five because Andy Reid's not going anywhere. They'll eventually replace Travis Kelsey because he got bigger and better things to do. He's getting ready to go on tour with the Swifties, I'm sure, at some point in time. So they're still cooking in Kansas City. And there's nothing wrong with what Troy Aikman said five years ago. There's nothing wrong with that from five years ago. I'm sure you can find all sorts of things that people say about players and it comes back to bite them in the rear end. I I heard uh, on draft day, I saw some clips, Bucky, of a bunch of people knocking John Dorsey for taking Patrick Mm -hmm. Mahomes and they put a whole reel together of all these clips of dudes talking about he wasn't good, why would you take him, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. You had other quarterbacks you could have taken and all they kept saying was, I think he's going to be real good. I think we got one. So you can always have
2: that. Yeah, you can always have that. I don't think you can hold uh, Aikman's feet to the fire based on what that was at the time. He hadn't got there. He said, talk to me when he gets <laughs> to my level. He's now at that level where they can have that conversation. Uh, I think everyone is surprised a little bit by Patrick Mahomes' success. Not that people didn't think he would be a good player or the talent was there, but the fact that he's kind of mastered the art of winning so soon, so early in his career, I mean, he's already mastered the art of understanding how to win games with his mind while his talents are still in in his prime. And so normally, when you start understanding the game at a high level from an IQ standpoint, your skills are beginning to diminish. He's the guy that is in his prime physically while also beginning to get in his prime mentally. You know what's so crazy, Keyshawn, is
1: there there are people, coaches and scouts, your own cousin— Went through it where I tried to tell people like Bucky Brooks and, and Lane Kiffin, along with Steve Sarkeesian, <laughs> that Michael Thomas was going to be a really good player. Lane, and, Lane Kiffin was at USC at the time and Steve Sarkeesian was at Washington. They went for splash. And I tried to tell him, say, you're making a mistake. You don't know what you're looking at. They passed on him. I try to tell Bucky Brooks, a, a, a hell of a scout working for the NFL Network, that this guy I, 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 I was is the high school ball. this, this I guy high this guy is the top receiver in the draft. Bucky had him graded. I think I believe it was a third rounder. Even though Mikey went the second, he eventually won Offensive Player of the Year. He lit it up basically when mm-hmm. he was healthy, and I always messed with Bucky about that. Because sometimes people do miss.
2: They just, you miss.
3: Yeah. Right, yeah, Bucky? I mean, some,
2: yeah, sometimes, sometimes, you happen, sometimes you happen to miss. Sometimes you happen to miss on good players. They, they're right up under your nose. You just didn't know that they were going to be what they've become.
3: Right. So one last thing before we wrap. Usher got a little too cozy with Alicia Keys during the Super Bowl halftime show. Uh, so, put yourself in Swizz Beats' shoes. Mm. Are you running on the stage and stopping the halftime show? Or are you doing uh, the Will Smith? What's, what's going on? God. What did he, do? he uh, do? Did you see the clip? Roll the yeah, clip. but that yeah. ain't
1: all he's doing. Yeah, he's performing. He's performing.
3: <laughs> I know, it's big on, on Twitter right now. I don't oh, know. Oh, God. Hey. Social media. Hey. What's hey. crazier hey. is, though, that Usher got yeah. married that night, the same night. So, yeah. I mean. Yeah. He got married? Yeah. He got married that night. That night,
2: right afterwards. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Got married right after that. He was a little excited after hugging up on Alicia Keys. No, I mean, you but know, me, we, like, we make it like, more out
1: of that than what it is, though, man.
2: Hey, it is a little key. Like this is before your time, but you know, back in the day, that was kind of standard fare. When you go to the club, have a little dance. It's just a dance. Yeah. Don't mean anything. Can't get in trouble for a little dance.
1: Yeah, I don't think. I, don't, I think they. It was part of the act. It's all part of the act.
3: (laughs) Nothing more, nothing less. No, Swiss Ah, beat doesn't have to worry about that.
1: Yeah, it's all good. So that's it for us today, man. Thanks, Bucky, for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe and follow All Facts Pod on social media. Until then, deuces, I'm out.